Welcome to the Columbia View Wesleyan Church podcast. In response to the COVID-19 outbreak, our Sunday morning worship service, as well as our life groups, have all moved online. All other meetings have been postponed until further notice. For more information on how to engage with our Sunday morning worship service on Facebook Live, please visit our website at www.columbiaview.org or go to Facebook and simply search for Columbia View Wesleyan Church. We will be going live each Sunday morning at 10 o'clock a.m. If you're currently plugged in a life group, please contact your life group leader for more information on what online platform you'll be using. If you're just stressed out and anxious and with all the news reports that keep coming out daily saying this and saying that, and if you just need someone to chat with a bit, our pastors want to be available by appointment to chat with you. So go ahead and call our office at 503-253-7939 to set up a time to chat with one of our pastors. Hey, we hope you find encouragement, wisdom, peace, and strength as we share God's heart with you in this episode of our podcast. Device, and you want to go there? We're going to look at the whole chapter today. We've been looking at our identity in Christ and who Christ says that we are. Um, One of the things that really grieves me in the city of Portland right now is the racial tension that's going on. And I, I hate it. I just, I just hate it. And so one of the things I've done, I, I believe in, in us using our platform, which means what can Don Blaine do about this? I'm not going downtown at night. Just want to tell you that. I'm not going down there. Um, don't even have any kind of a statement to make about that because I don't even know what it means and what's going on, and I hope the proper people are dealing with it. But my platform is to talk to the people in my life and to share peace and to share Christ with them. And, and I was able to have quite a long talk with a, a lady about my age at, uh, at a Home Depot this week. I was ordering windows for a job, and uh, she's a black lady. And uh, I told her that I hated this tension and what's going on and asked her if she um, ever was a part of racist stuff. And she said, oh, you don't even know. And she just started to talk to me about all the racist mess that she faces every day as an employee at Home Depot and other parts of her life. And so then I said to her, I always like to know people's heritage. So where, which country did your family come from? And she said, I'd like to know where your family came from and when they came. And I said, okay, I, my, my family came from Russia on my mom's side and uh, Prussia, Russia, and also we came from through Germany to here around 18, 1900, late 1800s, early 1900s is when my great-great-grandpa came here with his little bride and a, and a little baby. And she said, my family came in the 1700s. And we've been here ever since. And I get told to go home all the time. Why don't you go home? My family's been here since the 1700s, 300 years. That's kind of amazing, isn't it? We had a good talk. I think I have a new friend. 
and the racial tension between she and I went like that. And all it took was one simple conversation. I don't even know. She's a believer. I told her I was. She told me she was. She said she'd pray for me. I said I'd pray for her. And we went on our way. So I don't know how to fix racial tension, but I know what worked for me once this week was just to speak up to a lady and tell her that she was special to me. And I didn't even know her, but um, that she was special to me. So just a word of encouragement. We can, we can do this from our platform. Amen. My identity in Christ is so amazing in the book of Ephesians. It just keeps coming up. This is who you are. And it's not, I wonder if this is who I am. It's not, I've got to talk myself into being this. It's, this is who God created you to be. This is who you are. And Ephesians chapter 3 is written by the Apostle Paul. And he starts off by saying, I was given, there's a mystery. There's a mystery of the gospel of Christ. There's a mystery of the relationship between man and God. It's a great mystery. Most of the world don't understand it. Most of the people who've ever lived don't understand it. He even says, and I'm not going to read all those verses. You can go in there and dig around the whole chapter. I'm just going to walk it through there a little bit, the first part of it. Paul says, even the great prophets and the great judges, the Old Testament guys that wrote all of the Old Testament, none of them understood it. God was giving each one of them a little picture of who he was. He was giving them a little picture of who Jesus would be. He was, they would write, even John, uh, John uh, the Apostle John that wrote Revelations and, and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, all, this, all that, uh, the Gospel John, they're like, Jesus, probably one of Jesus' closest friends here on the earth. And John kept saying, what's it going to be like? 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 And the Apostle Paul says that God gave him the mystery of this relationship with God. And so our identity, and then he says, we're going to look at it in just a little bit. He says, and I'm giving it to you. So our identity is, if I went around and said, um, what do you do? Right? I know pretty much what all of you do here or did or have done as far as work or career or college. I say, who are you? And you could tell me, this is what I did. This is who I am. This is what I've been. As Christians, as those who believe in Jesus, our identity, what do I do, is I know I am a person, a special person, designated by God on purpose to understand the mystery of his relationship with the church. Isn't that amazing? And then I have some responsibility with that, right? Um, Patty and I are new grandparents again yesterday. We're so excited about that. I have a picture we'll look at after the, we're, uh, when we do our testimony time of, of a proud dad and a little baby boy. And uh, we're just so blessed to be grandparents. But one of the things I remembered yesterday and shared with my son and, and daughter-in-law was when each one of my sons was born, and I don't know if you've walked through this or not, I did, I looked at them in that setting in the hospital and I thought, 
especially when my first son was born. It's all been about me until today. And now, nothing's about me anymore. (laughs) And then I, I had this, it was in the spiritual realm. I was like, I have worked all my adult life and I started in, in my early teens. I want to follow God with all my heart. I want to know God with all my heart. That was my passion as a young man. And now I'm 22 years old. I'm looking at a little boy and I'm thinking, and I want him to know God with all his heart. There's something bigger than me walking with God now. I want my son, and I want my sons. And I shared that, and I, I, don't, I hope it went over. I hope they heard me, I, I know they did. I said, you know, you guys have entered into a new realm today as a mommy and daddy. It's not just about you, and they know it's not about them, but it's about your son now, knowing who God is, amen? Why does that happen? Because we know that mystery. We are people who know the mystery of God's salvation. Maybe you don't know that. Maybe you're one who's saying, I, you know what, I really don't know it. I really don't understand it. If that's the case, today might be a good time to take care of that. The only way you can know it is to experience it. I want to tell a story and and I haven't done a lot of stories online because I try to keep it short, but it's one of my favorite old stories, and I'm either made up or not, but it's fun. The city kid, I always lived in the country, so we always laughed at you city kids, right? City kid come out and went camping with his cousins in the country, and they were roasting marshmallows. See, when you live in the country, you think that city kids don't know anything about marshmallows. And uh, then you move to Portland and find out there's a lot of people with a little fire pit in the backyard where they make marshmallows. You can even spend a lot of money for a cute little metal one to sit on your deck, right? Whoever thought of that? We just build a fire wherever we wanted. So the city kid comes to have marshmallows with his cousins, and he'd never seen one before, and he'd never done marshmallows, and so they explained to him what you do, and and that you hold it over the coals and turn it. And so he was doing that. And then he decided that it'd probably get done a lot quicker if he just put it over top of the flames, right? And so he did. And as soon as he did that, it lit on fire. And he didn't know what to do. And, and he was trying to get it out. And he was kind of wiggling around. So he said, don't move it. It, it, it. You know, just blow it out. And he's coming back to blow it out. And it had melted too much. And it fell off on the ground in front of him. And so... The first thing he did was reach down to grab it. And his cousin said, don't grab that, it'll burn you. Just about the time he grabbed it. And it burned him good, all his fingers. Of course it hurt, and he blew it out, and he was doing that thing, cut the hurt, but it was also good, but you got the picture, right? Now here's the difference. You could have told him ahead of time, if that falls off, don't grab it, it's gonna burn you. And he would know, it's going to burn me. But when he grabbed it and it burned him, then he really knew it. He really knew. He probably would never, ever do that again. But if you explained it to him once, he might do it. Because he might, well, maybe it won't burn. You hear hear what I'm saying? That city kid went back to his city knowing 
that a burning marshmallow will burn your fingers. How did he know it? Because he had he'd experienced it. Same thing with a little child. You tell them that's hot. They don't know what hot is until they learn. How do they learn what hot is? Touch it. You hope it doesn't hurt them too bad or injure them the first time they figure out what hot is. Paul said, as believers, those who believe in Christ, we know the mysteries of the gospel of Jesus. We know it even better than any of the prophets knew it. And then he prayed. He said, what, what mystery is it? Verse 6, the second part of verse 6 of Ephesians 3 tells us what the mystery is. That the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Jesus Christ. The mystery. I am participating in Jesus. I haven't just heard about him. I haven't tried to be like him. I am living in Jesus. I have the Holy Spirit in my heart, and I understand this gospel. It's changed my life, and I have to somehow share it with somebody else. And then in verse 14, Paul prays for us. So he says, this is who you are. I have given this to you. God gave it to me. I've given it to you. He's not saying he's the only one that gave it to us. The other, the other apostles, every one of the apostles died because they shared this, this mystery with those around us. This is Paul's words about his experience in this process. And he says, he's going to pray for us. In verse 14, he says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven on earth derives its name, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He's praying for us because we have this mystery. We understand this mystery. Again, if you don't understand this mystery, it's a matter of me giving my heart to Christ me trusting him to be my savior and me stepping into a personal relationship with Christ that goes to the very depth of the soul of the core of who I am. And I begin to understand this mystery and I begin to grow in this mystery. I begin to grow in this faith. And Paul says, for those of you who understand this mystery, it might be new to you, it might be old to you, but it's always this amazing, powerful thing that the world just does not understand. And he says, I am praying that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I'm praying that as people who understand this mystery, that Christ will dwell in your hearts through faith, that he will be there. He also prayed that we'd be rooted and established in that. Not that just Christ would dwell in us, but that we grow and become rooted and established in that faith. All right? I had a friend um, this week I went to visit and we picked some plums. And while I was there, he said, um, let's, let's trim this tree, it's too big. So he got on a big ladder and I held the ladder and um, we, we trimmed some high branches and reached some places we probably wouldn't if our wives were there, that kind of thing. But we trimmed that tree. And it's amazing on that plum tree, there were some just total dead branches. I mean, for 15 feet, it's all tangled and gnarled and together. 
been cut off all these different times. And it's just dead from, it's dead. It, you, you look over here, it's dead. You say, let's cut it off here. But you, you have to work at it, but you work your way all the way out. And out here on the end of this branch, there's this new branch about this big, growing straight up out of that dead branch. It's got plums hanging on it, right? Why? Because it's hooked to the roots, right? It doesn't matter what season it goes through. It doesn't matter how many years it goes through those seasons. Now pruning and fruit tree pruning and all that, neither one of us even knew what we were doing, but we knew how to do this and run a saw and try and decide what will grow back that we can still reach with the ladder and that kind of thing. So we cut off one of those we cut off because it was out there and it just looked dead. We cut it off and it's like, oh no, there, there was a perfectly good branch out there. Couldn't reach it, so it's too big anyhow, but Paul's prayer is like that. I pray that no matter how beat up you get, no matter how hard life is, no matter what's going on emotionally or physically or spiritually around you, no matter what's going on in the world or how ugly it gets, no matter what happens in the church, my prayer, one, is that you would be filled with Christ through faith, and two, that you would grow and become rooted in that, that your branches would become strong. All right, I want to go back. I always uh, pick on Jose for this, but... When I first moved to Portland, I needed to desperately trim up some big trees. And I said, I don't know what to do. And he said, just cut them, cut them wherever you want to cut them. I was like, that'll kill them dead. And he's like, no, this is Oregon. Why? What happens? It's a wonderful growing environment, and they are rooted. Right? It's powerful. Paul said, I pray that you'll live by faith in Christ and that you'll be rooted in that. Every part of your being will be tied to the root of that. And then he said, that I want you to know his prayer. I'm going to read in a second. I want you to know and be filled with the Spirit of God. So you, your identity is that you, you know Christ, that you're rooted in that. And then there's this continuing to know him more. Verse 19, and to know that this love surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Think about that think about a life and that's as we continue to grow that's where many of us are today paul's prayer this would be that you would know this love that surpasses knowledge and that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of god that's the difference between a saint and a sinner a saint has come to know christ has put their faith in him as their lord and savior has allowed that faith to be rooted in who God is and then has continued to grow in the fullness of the Spirit of God. So we become more and more like Him. We say at church here all the time, we want to know the heart of God. We want to know the passion and the fullness of the heart of God. And we want to share that with our people. And then Paul stops. He says, I want you to know Christ because you know that you understand this mystery. You understand this mystery of being saved from our sin. You understand this mystery of knowing Jesus. You understand this mystery of walking with God every day. You understand this mystery. As a new believer, we understand just a little bit of it, but our eyes are open. The scripture says the scales are pulled back away from our eyes. I like to think of cataracts, real bad cataracts, right? Somebody's like, I just can't see as good as I used to. Go in, take off the cataracts. Oh, wow, my eyes work again. 
that scales are pulled back off our eyes and we're able to understand, we're able to comprehend and we can grow in that and we can set our faith in that and we can, we can become the type of person who is growing in the fullness of who God is. Not just who Don is, who God is. And that's my prayer for us today. And then he says at the end of his prayer, now to him, to God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations. That's us. That's all generations forever and ever. Amen. So today, I want you to know your identity is in knowing the mystery between Christ and the church. We understand that. And we can grow in that and be rooted in that. And even in, in, the, in addition to be rooted in that, we can be filled with the fullness of the presence of the Spirit of Holy God. Because your identity is not in anything less then we are a person, a being, who understands the mystery between Christ and the church. That's our identity. Church, today as we close, we're going to share in communion. David's going to come and share. I'd like to close with this thought. As Paul prayed at the end of his prayer, let's thank God that it's through him, it's through his relationship with us, that we can experience this. Amen? So as we take this, let's not only remember his body and his blood that was given, but let's, let's thank God that we have an identity as people who understand the mystery of eternity. And it's because of what Jesus did for us. Amen? David, come. This moment that we're about to celebrate together is probably one of the most hope-giving and life-giving things we can participate in because in communion we are reenacting, we are remembering, we are experiencing in our own hearts the gospel of Jesus that God came to earth as a human and has offered relationship and forgiveness and wholeness. And as Pastor Don put from Ephesians opportunity to be grounded and to be rooted and established in him and if there hasn't been a cultural moment where there's been such a need to be rooted it is now the world is upside down it's chaotic and so on the night that jesus was betrayed his disciples were there he took the cup just kidding he started with the bread he took the bread i was looking at my cups right here thank you for giving me that he took the bread and he gave thanks for it and he broke it and he passed it to his disciples and he said, take this and eat. This is my body that I am giving for you. Every time you eat of it, remember what I am giving to you. And so today as Christians, some 2,000 years after Jesus living in a very postmodern, post-Christian moment, the gospel of Jesus is just as powerful, just as effective, and just as able to reach into your life, into the lives of your family, into the lives of your neighbors, to make change. That God can use us to bring his kingdom here on earth. So as we take this bread, 
take it remembering this mystery of the gospel that has brought us into relationship with Jesus and has rooted us in him. Let me take the bread. And after taking the bread, he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he passed around and he said, this cup represents the new covenant. This cup represents my blood shed for you for your forgiveness. Whenever you take and drink of this, do it in remembrance of me. The reality is the mystery of the gospel, the mystery of how humanity can have an ongoing, intimate, meaningful, life-changing, life-giving, purpose-giving relationship with Jesus is because of his sacrifice of what he has done for you, what he has done for me, what he has done for humanity. And so we put our faith in that, and we now, again, participate in the gospel. You may take the, the cup and drink. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the gospel. We thank you that it's good news for anyone who would believe and receive Jesus. And I pray for us today as we go from this place, may we go in understanding that the gospel is no longer a mystery. It has been revealed in the person and in the work of Jesus Christ that is having ongoing ramifications even today. And I pray as we go from this place that we would live out the gospel as we seek to love God, love others, and to in the places we find ourselves letting the roots of our faith ground us. And when we interact with the ambient anxiety and the chaos of our culture, that we would have roots going down to offer maybe not answers to every question that is thrown our way, but a confidence and an assurance and a peace that comes only from the gospel of Jesus. May you be honored in our lives, God. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. For our online folks, thank you for tuning in with us today. Again, remember, next week, the live teaching will be available at 1130. We encourage you, if you're able to come on site, be here at 10 a.m. We love you guys. If there's anything we can be praying for you, um, just go ahead and send us a message. We'd love to connect with you. Um, you guys are awesome. We'll see ya. Hey, thanks for joining us. Our passion is to know and share God's heart, and we're so glad that we we're able to do that with you today. If you'd like to visit us in person, please visit our website at www.columbiaview.org for directions. We'll see you next week.